You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Welcome everybody. I'm, I've sort of looked at all my notes over a long period of time in my time of ministry and there's always a particular subject that God brings me back to on a consistent basis. And it is the power of godly relationships. Now, when we started this year, God said, we're going to enhance, we're going to eliminate, and we're going to expand. And it's very interesting to me because as soon as we begin on that path, on that night, Pastor Alan stopped and he said to us, God was very particular of the order in which he put those words. He said, enhance, eliminate, and expand. And isn't it interesting how many of us went to what can we eliminate? Even in the area of relationships, those relationships that we need to eliminate out of our lives. But God didn't give us that order. The first word was enhance. And I want to talk to you about the enhancing that needs to take place in godly relationships. We, we're in a country right now where, you know, we need power. Okay? We're always praying ESCOM has power. But in fact, one of the most powerful things you can have in your life is a connection to the right relationship. You know, the world, they say it's not what you know. It's who you know. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible was a man who was dead for three days. But you see, he knew Jesus. He didn't just know about Jesus. He had a relationship. He had already had Jesus in his home. His sisters had a relationship with Jesus. They were all serving in that house. So it made no difference how long he was dead for. He knew Jesus. It's not always what you know. In God's kingdom, a lot of it is who you know. Because what you don't know is in who you know. And so often we are quick to eliminate relationships because they don't qualify in our lovely little Christian lineup. We think every relationship God puts in our life is going to be perfect. Well, you know, my wife married me and I was definitely not perfect. I married her and my family thought that was not a good connection. You're going to find out a lot about my family this morning. Because if you think about where I came from, where I come from, and where I am today, often I don't give up, get up and, and share my testimony and tell you the fullness, but my family didn't come from a good place. And Olga's family didn't come from lots of money. And God never needed my salary to make me wealthy. But you know what? He connected me in certain relationships. And you know, I'm one of those people that get emotional around Pastor Alan and Janine. I'll tell you why. Because that was one of the God connections 
that God made 35 years ago. And because I have stood the test with that relationship, God has been always able to find me where he needed me to pour out and open up and show me things. And when I look around this congregation as being the oldest member, okay, because they were the founders, I'm the oldest member, I see people, the longer you have been here, the stronger you have become. The longer you have been connected, the stronger you have become. And you know what? It's generational. Because if I think where I was when I was a teenager and what my parents had, and then what God did in my life, and now I look at my sons, they're already ahead of me by leaps and bounds from what I had at their age. So generationally, God speeds things up if we can stay connected. But the enemy likes to look at your connections and he looks for the most powerful connection and he looks to try and separate those connections. And so God is calling us to enhance. And so I'm gonna talk about some of that this morning and I pray that I can get through it in the time that I'm given. But if I don't, maybe I'll get asked back at some stage and I can continue. But I wanna go with you and I wanna open your eyes to things about connections and relationships. So please go with me to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. Because, you know, when I, I, those of you who know, I went to school with Pastor Alan. He was in two grades ahead of me. We were at school together. We knew each other. We just didn't like each other. <laughs> you can understand, he was two years ahead of me and he was, you know, he was academically very, very bright. I wasn't. I was lazy. You can see he's a very disciplined man. Okay. But when God starts bringing connections together, if we're not attuned to what the Holy Spirit is doing, what God is doing, we can miss out. Have you found 2 Kings chapter 3? All right, so in 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 9, we're going to read this. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on a roundabout route for seven days. So let me bring you up to date. The king of Israel has a problem with the king of Moab. He stopped paying rent. Okay. Basically, he was a sheep guy and he stopped bringing the sheep to the king of Israel and the king of Israel had to say, okay, so it's time you get a hiding to the, you return your rent. But he couldn't do it by himself. Now, the king of Israel is not a good guy. Go read the Bible, you'll find out Jehoram is a, he's not a good guy. He's not a godly man. He's doing stuff that God does not want him to do. But he has a covenant that he's entered into with King Jehoshaphat. Now, we know King Jehoshaphat. He's the guy that went out with the praise and worship team and landed up destroying three or four armies against him with no problem. Jehoshaphat is a man who knows God. He's a man who loves God. How he gets into making a decision to covenant with the king of Israel, that only the Lord understands. Because we are told not to be unequally yoked. So surely you don't want to connect with people. But you can understand, king of Israel, king of Judah, maybe he was influenced. But king of Israel wants to go out and fight and he, sings, he says to king Jehoshaphat, you need to come with me. 
Now, I know in my own intention, I'm going, no, I don't want to go with you. You're not a godly man. This does not bode well. But Jehoshaphat is bound by his word. So as godly people, we do what godly people must do. We are not changed by the fact that other people do what get it wrong. Even Christians get it wrong. Do you know my wife and I get it wrong from time to time? That doesn't change the way that each one of us should respond. So if I'm behaving badly, she still has to behave well. I'm, I'm pretty good nice, but you know, and I'm saying I behave badly because it does happen time to time. And she's going to be in the second service and I still need to go home with it. So we've got three armies, King of Edom, King of Israel, King of Judah, they're going out to war. And if you read, they land up in trouble because the King of Israel is in command of this particular battle and he leads them into a place where there's no water and they're about to all die. And so Jehoshaphat says, isn't there a man of God in the area? And so there is Elijah in the area and they go to Elijah. And I wanna take you to verse 14 because it was life-changing for me when I read this scripture. In verse 14, Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts live, before whom I stand, he's a servant of God. Surely were it not that I regard the presence of King Jehoshaphat, King of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. I am sitting in a conference in Johannesburg four or five years ago when God started putting this revelation in front of me. And Pastor Theo is teaching on the miracle and the power that God releases in how they overcome and destroy the king of Moab. The miracle that's about to happen. He doesn't read the scripture, but the Holy Spirit brings me to the scripture. And as I'm reading the scripture, it just drops in my heart. He says, for you and CFC understand the Apostle Theo and Apostle Bev are like King Jehoshaphat. They bring favor to you wherever you go because of your alignment with them. When you connect with godly men and women who have a history of getting it right in God's presence, not all the time, Apostle Theo tells you the price of a decision and the mistakes he's made. But when you align with people like that, you get into situations and then God says, I see you because of who you're with. Now, I know some of you are going to say, me, but Pastor Danny, that's, you know, we're all anointed. Yes, but the thing is, we're not always connected in the places that we need to be connected. There are things that we don't know how to pray for as we ought. There are things that we don't know how to confess as we ought. There are times when we cannot stand because we've been battered for so long. We don't know how to fight that level of the fight. That's what discipleship is about. Jesus calls us to discipleship because he's saying we're always leveling up. We're always going one level up. You don't start training and wanna compete in what Pastor Allen's doing in the very near future by doing that yesterday. You start leveling up. I didn't run the comrades by running 90Ks the first day. I went out with a group of people that knew how to run the comrades and they ran 5Ks and they stopped and they said, that's enough for today. And I said, but we've got another 85 to go. How can we stop now? We know how to level up. We've been there. We've been there. 
King Jehoshaphat opened doors for those kings that they could not have access to because of his presence. Now, I know that when we are placed in these relationships, and I'm going to read the scripture to you soon, God sets us in the body. All right? God sets us. God places us. And we don't always understand the relationships we're with. Jacob, for instance, for me, is a powerful revelation of how God uses relationships. Because Jacob is a mommy's boy. I'm using good South African analogy. We understand. He's a, he lives at the tents, he stays at the tents, and he cooks. He's, him and his mommy are really, really connected. Esau, on the other hand, is loved by Isaac because he is a man's man. He's got hair. He, he hunts. He looks after the sheep. He expands. He's even a womanizer. Strange how Isaac loved him. There was a special relationship there. And when you look at that, you think, God, but we got it all wrong. Isaac's supposed to be this, the, father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Surely, I, no, we all got issues. How many of you know that we've still got stuff that we're dealing with? That doesn't stop God's plan. God's plan is still Joseph. And he needs Jacob to bring Joseph. And he sets him with Isaac. You don't think that's a great combination because Jacob's not getting the good training because he's getting trained by mommy. And mommy comes from Laban. And they have a history of lying and cheating. But that's a connection that God has made because he wants Joseph. And to get Joseph, he needs Rachel. See, God is omniscient. I know the plans I have for you. I've connected you in places. You know, the, the, the studies tell us that we are connected by no more than six and most likely as little as four to every single person on this planet. You know somebody, we know somebody, we know somebody who knows the President of the United States of America. You just don't know that connection. Otherwise, your life may be different. We're all connected because God has set us in the body. We're connected to succeed. We are meant to work as a family here on this earth, using everything that we have to come together. And God's put you in this house for a reason. He's connected you, yeah, and he's connecting you by levels so that you have access to everything that God wants for you in this house, for this vision. And you must know the enemy is after breaking those connections. So Jacob goes with God and he has this moment, this encounter with God. You see, we always face a choice. What is our choice? When he gets to Jacob's house, or Laban's house, he's made a choice for God. That means he has to live in that relationship according to godly principles, even though the man he's with is going to cheat him. Because Laban has a choice. God would have that none should perish, but all come to the saving grace of God. If Laban works with Jacob, they both increase. If they don't, the prosperity of Laban is what's going to make Jacob rich. You see, I know that some of us are in relationships that we don't fully understand right now. But if you will allow God to be your covenant guide, Jacob never cheats. He does only what God tells him to do. And by the time he leaves, all the wealth of Laban is now his. 
greater wealth than anybody else around him. King David and Saul. King Saul cheats, lies, wants to kill David. David's not allowed to break covenant. He's got to do it God's way. But that relationship brings him into the palace. He brings him into a destiny that God has for him. So sometimes the relationships we have with us are a little bit confusing. I was born into a home where by the age of 12, the alcoholic addiction of my father was very evident. You think back at all the things I learned to do as a teenager. I was, I, I mean, I made Laban look like a beginner when it came to lying. Man, I could spin stories. Because I grew up in this toxic atmosphere. When my mother becomes the head of the household because my father abdicates his role because of his addiction, that changes when people play outside the rules. I, it almost destroyed the early years of my marriage. But you see, I knew the covenant with God. So I just keep doing what God tells me to do. And he says he can turn all things for good for those who love him. Okay? Where are you? What are you, where are you going to put your faith? In the person or in God? Because people go through their own changes, their own growths, their own problems. They're having to make choices before God. He says, I lay before you life and death. Choose life. One of the greatest sayings, and it still reverberates, because in the early days of Alan Mag Ministries, that was one of the key phrases Pastor Alan would always say, choose life, choose life, choose life. And it rang through my ears. That connection, that relationship brought me to that phrase. And so every time I land up in a situation, choose life, choose life, choose life. That means choose God, choose God. Don't be concerned about what they're doing. If you find people are talking behind your back, choose God. People are trying to cheat you, choose God. When you choose life, you empower God's covenant to come to pass. Be aware always that God is working in you to bring about His design, His testimony. So I grew up in a to toxic home. My father's an alcoholic. I don't learn how to be a good dad. You know what? When I joined this church, there was another couple that joined soon after. And there was another, a much older gentleman than me. We had three sons. And God connected us. And he started speaking into my life about how you raise men of God. God will always bring you the knowledge. He will connect you always if you will choose life, choose God. Understand that we don't get to always, and, but God, why did you put me in this family? Surely if you had great vision for me, you would have put me in a wealthy family. You are the beginning of the wealth. You are the beginning of the wealth. I was started with you. If I have a look at where I started from, and where my boys are, I can see what God started in my mother because although she had problems, she was born again spiritual and she knew the power of tithing. In our family, we talk about Nan's money because she broke things over our family that were always there. 
But because she knew the power of tithing, she knew how to give, she knew how to sow, she would always walk into the church with a checkbook in her hands. I know for you youngsters, you know what that is, a piece of paper, you write and they give you money on it. It's fine, it's a check. She was always giving money. And the rest of us as kids, we're growing up, I'm you giving away our inheritance. You're giving away our inheritance. Don't do that. Ah, it just kept growing. It just kept growing. And so we began to understand because we were connected. We didn't always understand it. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Let's all say this. God put me where I am because he has a plan for me. <laughs> he pleased. God's, what's the pleasure of God? That everyone prosper, that everybody know the goodness of God, that everybody come to salvation. He pleased to put us where we are. We may not fully understand it. Imagine being born as an Israelite in Egypt after four, 350 years of slavery. You've got nothing, you've got no prospect. And then suddenly, God had a plan. And by the time they come out of Egypt, everything that Egypt had because they wouldn't work with them became theirs. Same thing that happened with Jacob happened with Israel. He says, verse 22, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are as necessary, and those members of the body which we think are less honorable are these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. No matter where you look, God is giving you your classification. So if it doesn't look like I'm presentable, God's giving us a greater modesty. If it doesn't look like I'm valuable, God's already increasing the value. Because all we have to do is stay connected. Pastor Peter Cox was Pastor Theo's right-hand man for so many years. And I sat under him one day because I... You always learn from people that have been before you. And I said to him, Pastor Pity, you know, obviously you can run your own ministry. I can see all that anointing on you, all that calling, all those skills. What has kept you loyal to Apostle Thea? He says, well, it's no brainer. I'd rather be the second in command of the Titanic than the captain of a dinghy. See, too many Christians get into pride and get offended. And before you know it, you're breaking away and you start your own dinghy. But life was better on the Titanic. The quarters you lived in, the food you ate. Okay, well, Titanic's a wrong example, I suppose. I've got to work on that one. <laughs> Verse 27 says, but now you are the body of Christ. Say, I am the body of Christ. God placed me where he placed me. Wow. His intention is to grow every single one of us, but we've got to stay connected long enough for the change to happen. In the first three years of my marriage, you must remember I dated Pastor Olga for nine years. I met her when she was 13. I pursued her for two years, and when she was 16, she agreed to go out with me on our first date. I have known that woman for so long. We've been together 
If you take how long we've been married and with how long we dated, for over 42 years. And I still knew her for two years before that. I have only ever loved one woman. I can only love one woman. It's just amazing to me. But after two years of marriage, we wanted to get divorced. We were throwing rings at each other and saying, go home. Now you look back at it and you look at our family and you look at the love that we have and you go, I can't put the two together. But you see, we stayed connected. We stayed connected. I was now, as soon as I connect to Apostle Alan and Pastor Janine, they're going, we also face the same struggle. The enemy also came to split us and we made a decision. And see, you stick around people that make the right decisions long enough, we influence each other. That's one of the three reasons I'm watching in the young, young, actually not even in the young people, but all over. You know, swearing has become a, a way of talking. You stay connected with people, don't swear, you don't swear. I never swore when I went into my mother's house and I was in the army. I could tell you to take your, your, your rifle and place it on that side over there. Never use one word that was in the English dictionary. I knew how to swear. Walked into my mother's house, I turned it off. Why? Because I wanted to stay alive. The army wasn't dangerous, she was. Never had to fear the enemy. Stay connected to the right people and you will modify the way you believe, the way you think. When the enemy brings stuff, you will change the way you respond because you're connected to the right people. If you're not, they will turn around to you and say, don't fix that, fix that, fix that. They don't allow you to step out. They keep you. If you stay connected, you can get offended. You can choose to be offended. But you need to stay connected. All right. I'm going to quickly give you four relationships that you need to enhance at this time. Four relationships. Number one, your relationship with God. I know that we live in a Christian family and this is we come to church on a Sunday. But this is not where you enhance your relationship with God. This is where you get prepared to go out and put into practice what you've learned to enhance your relationship with God. It's no good saying amen, hallelujah, and tomorrow morning you don't get up and pray and read your Bible. It's no good saying amen, hallelujah, and you're not part of a home cell group or a life group or you're active in the church. Because if you're not doing what you're being taught, your connection is not really empowering you yet. But if you stay connected, they won't leave you that way. They will come and calls you to move in that direction, which is why every year more and more people study on the Bible College. Why? Because you know somebody who studied on the Bible College and you saw how it changed their lives and they're always influencing you to do it. Stay connected. Improve your relationship with God. You know what Jesus said about connection? He said this, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Your connection, my connection to Jesus connects us to the Father when we need stuff. If I need stuff, he says, ask the Father. What, what is that? He was talking about praying the prayer of faith, the things that we need. You want things? Fix your relationship with Jesus because it's in his name that we can go to the Father and we can ask. We're connected. The whole kingdom works on 
making sure that our connections are in good place. Your spouse. I want to say to you that in my 30 years, and I can't say history because I haven't lived longer than that, I have never seen such a demonic attack on family as we are going through in the last 10 years. Family, we need to understand that the enemy is after our family connections. Parents are turning against children. Children are turning against parents. Spouse against each other. More and more. Do you know when God says, I hate divorce, we think it's just the concept of that moment. But divorce takes your family inheritance and destroys it. I can't tell you how many couples I've sat in front of, they've come to me, the husband wants a divorce, and I say to him, you can't afford a divorce. He says, why? Spiritually, will, will God be angry with me? I said, no, I'm talking financially. By the time you finish splitting all your assets and taking care of her until she's recovered and they're the kids, and now you want to not live alone, so you're gonna, you got nothing. So when you go on to be with the Lord, you leave nothing. It says a good man leaves an inheritance. So you go to heaven without that title because you allow the enemy to separate that connection. So he's not really only after you. He knows that if he can start the children off behind where they should be, then they have to be the ones that start it. So we're always having to start it because the generation before us broke it. The clans of Israel grew because they stayed in the things of God. As long as you stayed in the things of God, the prosperity of the nation built. The prosperity of South Africa depends on our families. We want to have a prosperous country, we have to have prosperous families. We all need to be educated live in good homes, be able to pay taxes and all the rest of it. That builds us. That's family. The enemies after families. I want to speak to children quickly. Oh, I'm going to say some things here today that maybe you don't want to hear. But the Bible says this in Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So he's giving you a clarification. That which is godly instructions Obey them, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may have long life. That it may be well with you. I know people are going to say, but you don't know my, my parents. You didn't know my father. Okay, when my father took the revolver out and threatened my mother because he was drunk, I was the one that had to go in and disarm him. How do you think that made me feel? So you can't tell me that it's easy means it's, or hard means it's not God. There is enough in the Bible to prove that good people come out of bad situations. There are good people that are sitting in bad situations where everything is against you, but God, choose Life, stay connected. I still honored my father. I still made sure I in his old age when his money is gone because he had drunk it all away, my family in the space of where we had no money would always pay to keep him covered. 
Because God's commandment. Honor your mother and your father. That it may go well with you. It is going well with me. It is going well with me. Let me share something with you. You know, about uh, three years ago, four years ago, just before COVID, Pastor Olga had a major neck operation, and that led to a time that we shared to see a lot of doctors. And one of the doctors came out, and they said to her, we, we have to tell you that we're diagnosing you as being type 1 diabetic. Now, type 1 diabetic is, they tell us it's inherited, it's genetic, and there's no cure for it. I'm set in this house. I'm set in this house. When they told Pastor Janine, Pastor Alan, Pastor Janine wasn't coming home, they need to come and say goodbye. Uh, I, I learned from those. I'm set with those people. I'm set with Apostle Theo. I get to sit with him. I get to talk with him. I get to hear his teaching. So when the doctor said that to me, I said, but God. And a month ago, they told us, we, we don't know how to say this to you, but we can no longer diagnose her as type 1 diabetic. I am setting this house. I'm connected in this house. Do I always, am I always happy with what happens in the house? Some of you guys are nasty to me. But I'm connected, I'm not going nowhere. That you may, may go well with you. Children, understand. God set you. I do not even begin to think I can tell you what that means for your life and what you're going through. But your God knows you. And He loves you. And as bad as Jacob must have felt, because his father chose Esau above him, as bad as David must have felt when Jesse didn't invite him to get to see the prophet, but rather left him out. Can you see the Bible is riddled with children that are in homes with parents that God has connected them to because they connected to something else that's going to happen and it's gonna bring those children into a place that they cannot even begin to foresee for themselves. Jacob would not have seen the day when he would actually own more money than his brother Esau because his brother Esau had everything that Isaac left him. David would never have seen himself as king. He couldn't even see the battlefield. And God had him throwing stones at animals. Not once, not twice, for years. Because he had a Goliath coming that would change the events of David's life. Stay connected. Do what God wants you to do. Choose life. And let me talk to us as members of the church. A man of God is one of the most powerful connections you can have. In Hebrews chapter 13, the writer, we believe is Paul, says this, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. I know that's not a topical subject. We're all filled with the Holy Spirit, Pastor Danny. We can all, we're all led by the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the same thing they said about Moses. That didn't go well with him. And they were all anointed. They prophesied. They did. Um, Aaron got to go in behind the 
the veil. Did you ever think about that? He got go behind the veil on a regular basis into the very presence of God. That's how anointed he was. That's how great his calling was. But he wasn't Moses. You see, God connects us because he needs me to do something different to what Pastor Alan's doing. My eyes are not wanting to be Pastor Alan. My eyes are wanting to be, yeah, I need to know that I am connected. Because if I need what's on that life, I have it. I have whatever they have. Because as Pastor Dalen was saying, (laughs) we need to know we're stewards. It's not mine. Whatever I have is for you. What I'm doing this morning is not for me. I'm opening something up for you. Now, God's used my life and shown me that it's not about where I was born. It's about the fact that I am a child of God. And as a child of God, I am set in the body and therefore I'm connected to anything I need. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. The Bible says, and God will judge. I I, I do pray for mercy on those because they will face a judgment where God will say, what did you do with what I told you to do? And I looked at what happened to my children because of it. So never be concerned about that. God's not letting it go. Give them a reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would not, certainly not be to your benefit. The New King James says not be profitable. A lot of our profit in life has got to do with how we relate into the kingdom of God. Four relationships that we need to enhance. How you're going to enhance them very quickly. Number one, bear the fruit of the Spirit. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. Did you notice in, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it says love? It's one thing to love yourself, but it's far more enjoyable to love yourself and love others. Joy. Joy is it's great to be joyful, but do you notice that you first, as soon as you find out something that makes you joyful, you want to share it. It's not just for you, it's to be shared. Peace. Do you know what Jesus said about peace? He said, those who seek peace, peacemakers, are called sons of God. Seek peace. The fruit of the Spirit is always to keep connected. Seek to make peace. Even if Jacob became less, he made peace. He never argued with Laban. He never tried to tell him how much he cheated him until long after. He just made peace, went back to God. He chose life. Long-suffering. Long-suffering is is different to patience. Long-suffering is what you do with people that you need to be connected to. Long-suffering. It's it's in the Word. Say long-suffering. Some of us have been suffering long with the people around us, but that's the connection God has put us in. And if you enhance that connection, there is great profit. On the side of it, kindness is not for us, it's for others. Goodness is not for us, it's for others. Gentleness is not for others. Uh, not for us, it's for others. Can you see how many of the fruit of the Spirit keep us connected? So pray for more. Pray for more. When you're going to practice long-suffering, please do it with forgiveness and repentance. The long-suffering can lead to bitterness if it's not done with forgiveness and repentance. 
Pray for them. I'm almost done. Pray for them. When Jesus, in his connection with Peter, he says to Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you. And I've prayed that God has replaced you because you're not going to stand. Is that what he said? I pray. And then he confesses over him, when you return, you will strengthen your brothers. Jesus could have said, Lord, please give me a replacement. This model is going to fail. But God cannot fail. His word will not return void. So Jesus said, when you return. And then Jesus humbled himself and sought Peter. And when they connected, he fixed Peter's heart. He said, don't make this about you. Make this about me. Your connections are not about you. They're about the Father. Who you're connected to is to bring about God's plan. And when you're doing God's plan, the provision and the protection and the healing and all of that goes with it because you are his connection. And the last one I wanted to encourage you on is so into those, time, into those lives. Husbands, you want to enhance your connection with your wife, so time. So time. Give her more of you. The good you. The patient you. The gentle you. The kind you. Wives, you want, more, you want to enhance your connection with your husband? Sow your time into him. We become so focused on other things that eventually that relationship is not where it should be. It's the same as our relationship with the Father. So time. And then, so your finances. I do want to encourage you as I close today. Apostle Alan has sown more than half of his life into you and I. 60 years of age. I know he doesn't look 60. And you understand he's going to be here for a lot longer. But it's a significant moment for us to honor the connection that God has made for us. Don't let the enemy tell you that your seed is insignificant. He doesn't need that. It's not about what you've got. It's about what you do with what you've got. A husband needs to sow his finances into his wife. The wife needs to sow her finances into her husband. We need to sow our finances into the connections that we have. Build your family. Because God has placed you there. This is a family. And in this family, we have connections that are sometimes easily notifiable as God. And then we got those that look like Laban. And Yazaki, the Labans, the Sauls, the Egypts are the ones that bring us the greatest financial breakthroughs. Why offer God something that costs you nothing? When you offer him your connection to bring peace, God will always see that you are taken care of. I trust you got something out of this morning's word. Let's all stand. All right. Let's pray. Let's say this. Father, I believe 
that you have set me in the body. I am your child. You have a plan for me. Today, I choose life. Show me where I must enhance those relationships that have suffered. I thank you. I have the wisdom and I have the fruit of the Spirit. Those relationships will cause what you have planned for me to come to pass. In Jesus' name.